0: i yeah. yeah.
1: there once again fellow peregrinos welcome to el camino de santiago pilgrims podcast where we talk about planning preparation and packing for walking the road to santiago as well as tips tricks and hacks to make your journey along the way a lot more enjoyable and memorable and we might even throw in a few stories along the way to whet your appetite in this Podcast episode, we have the privilege, the pleasure, the honor of talking to a German pilgrim. Matthias Schlick, I hope I said that right, has walked the Camino del Norte, he's walked the Camino Portuguese coastal route he has walked the Camino Primitivo he has walked the Camino Frances we are so lucky to have such an experienced pilgrim with us so Matthias we're going to take you back to that very very first time you walked the Camino and you trudge into the office in the pilgrim office in Santiago to get your Compostela which is the certificate of completion that all the pilgrims that have walked at least 100 kilometers get to Um, They they get awarded and they ask you the question, what was your motive for walking the Camino? Was it religious? Was it others? What did you say? What was the reason you did the epic walk to Santiago?
0: Yeah, um, okay. So what I, um, the the box that I ticked was the religious one, but to be honest, that was a blatant lie Um, because it had to be others or like, the reason I I did the Camino was just because I wanted to, to challenge myself. Um, I read about it. Um, in fact, it is a little bit of an awkward story how I get interested in walking the Camino um, in the first place. But the reason I ticked the religious box is that I read in a German guidebook that you could possibly get a different com- kind of Compostella if you do not take the religious box. So I take that one just to make sure I get the, yeah, the best Compostella, so to speak. The real Compostella. Yeah, the real one. I mean, I to be honest, I'm- to this day, I'm not sure if there are two different versions, but uh, I got a little bit scared that I might not get the best one, which obviously it doesn't matter at all. But yeah, so I take that box.
1: You walk all that way. You want the proper one, the real one, the yeah, authentic yeah. one. Exactly. Okay. The one that's been signed by St. James. No, of course. That's not <laughs> possible. But Okay. So tell us, what was your first, uh, your first Camino?
0: So my first Camino was the um, Camino del Norte, which uh, is just a beautiful path, like uh, alongside the uh, coast of Northern Spain, basically the same length as the Camino Frances, roughly uh, 800 kilometers, but just, I think 150 to 200 kilometers uh, above the Camino Frances.
1: And for you, how does that the Camino del Norte compare to the others that you've walked? Um, but I asked because I think for me I haven't walked the Camino del Norte and I had to abandon it um, a couple of years ago because I was having some uh, some knee problems and I thought right well this is full of ups and downs and uh, it's probably not what my body needs right now. Um, thankfully, I'm over the worst of that now. But um, how does it compare for you? And, and was it harder? How is it different? Um, and what would you recommend for someone who's maybe, is is it possible for someone who's just started it, I know there's a lot of questions I've asked there, um, just kind of riffing off the top of my head, but yeah, let's go with the first one, I mean, would you recommend it for someone that's beginning compared to the others
0: I mean I would say that it might really be the, the toughest one of them all. It, it's not just that there's one day that is tough because the, the Camino del Norte doesn't have a single day that is comparable to like the uh, the first day on the Camino Frances from Saint-Jean to Roncesvalles, but it's just the average of like the, the um, height meters you have to ascend and to descend. That's, I guess that's the most you can do Um, and it's really taxing on your knees if you're not experienced. So plenty of people I I walked with had problems with their knees because of the constant ups and downs. And, um, I have to mention that I really prepared for this one. I was a little bit scared. And I lost some some weight before I even started because I got a little bit uh, scared from the German guidebook that warned us that you really have to be in shape in order to uh, to do it. And yeah, to reach uh, Santiago unharmed, so to speak. And um, yeah, so basically I'm a walker for my entire life, never had a car, and I usually uh, walk everywhere when I can. And I guess I was really prepared for it, but I met plenty of people who uh, had problems with their knees or their Achilles tendons, just because they weren't used um, to walk all day, every day, and that for, for weeks. So if you wanted to do the Camino del Norte as your first Camino, I really think you need to be in shape or used to walk there to, yeah, to, to, have, you need to have hiking ex- experience so that you know where your limits are and that you are able to do it. Yeah. I Great. The, the warnings are very appropriate because you don't, you do not want to, uh, make it not past day three or four
1: great advice great advice thank you now let's get to um let's get to the 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 heart of the matter here let's talk about the the planning preparation packing now you you're obviously a very experienced pilgrim you've probably got thousands of of camino de santiago miles kilometers under your belt by the looks of it and i'm going to challenge you here to tell me if you had to go back tomorrow to the camino yeah What, if you could take only one other thing, as well as your clothes, backpack, shoes, and phone, only one other thing, and of course, change of clothing, what
0: would it be? Okay, that's very easy for me to answer because I had to learn this the hard way on my very first day. And the answer has to be earplugs. (laughs) It has, for me, it has to be Um, Because the background is that uh, on my first night in Irun, in the municipal alberge, there was this very big room, um, like a a room of maybe 20 to 25 people. And uh, I guess you can imagine the sound at night. Yes, a symphony of snoring. Yeah, Exactly. And I'm a somewhat of of a light sleeper. and. So, there were maybe three, three or four people snoring the entire night and at some point I had to start laughing because it was just so ridiculous loud and um, yeah, the next day uh, a little bit of sleep deprivation uh, led me to immediately walk to to the next pharmacy and buy a big pack of earplugs. And, um, yeah, I really needed it because you, you just need to sleep in order to recover and tackle the next day. And Yeah, that's great
1: advice. Yeah, without any shadow of a doubt, earplugs are invaluable in the community. And just in case anyone's listening and wondering if they do have to go into a chemist, a pharmacy, pharmacia, and ask for the word for earplugs is tapones, tapones. Tienes tapones? Tienes tapones? Do you have earphones? Earplugs, not earphones. Um, yeah, and they will, may well be the difference between a good night's sleep and a bad night's sleep and a good Camino or a bad Camino if you are planning to stay in the Alberg. So excellent advice there. And, yes, I think that that could definitely be in contention for the one other thing I would take. Okay, so you're on the Camino del Norte or the Camino Portuguese. Um, what... What was your hardest, hardest, lowest moment, most challenging moment on all of those Caminos? How did you get through it and what advice would you give to yourself and others were they to experience the same thing that you did?
0: I guess that uh, um, most... The hardest day physically was around day two or three on the Camino del Norte because I just uh, um, I fell one day um, and I somewhat bent uh, bent my uh, my ankle and almost tw- twisted it. I was in a, a big boot, but um, it still hurt very bad. And it, I really struggled to walk uh, that day. And, and I also had uh, two very big blisters, which I uh, took care of immediately. But uh, that was physically really hard. Um, and I was very slow that day, but I guess um, the biggest challenge for me wasn't the, the physical part, it was uh, rather, hmm, how can I say this, so at some point I, I met a few people, which, uh, yeah, we, we became very good friends in a matter of one or two days, and at some point, I had to realize um, that they will leave because they had uh, some time constraints, or uh, another time um, they just I was just way too fast for them, and it started uh, to somewhat annoy me that they are um, basically they are holding me back.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: was just not that it. I, I wanted to spend time with them, but I noticed that it is uh, really getting somewhat of some somewhat annoying for me and even though i really wanted to spend time with them i noticed that i can't do it anymore and the yeah can i express this it was i would have liked to spend more time with them but i noticed that our time has to end right now and the moment i realized this that was really that was a very sad moment just because i noticed that it was a beautiful time it was great walking with them sharing experiences and stories but uh, it has to, had to come to an end because uh, it's just you have to follow your own speed and if there's some someone who's who can poss- who can't possibly do more than 20 kilometers a day and you're a person who likes to go for 30 35 maybe even more You you cannot work with someone like that. It's just uh, too much uh, of a hassle for you in the long run. And that was, yeah, that was not a very nice moment when I realized that I need to uh, go on my own again.
1: So it was dealing with the emotional. Yeah, yeah dilemma that you had of actually I I feel like I can do more but I don't want to break up this friendship that I've had along the way yeah exactly so let's put put yourself in the shoes of a first-time pilgrim and you know they're in the same situation what would you say to them to kind of I guess weigh up which is most important for them because sometimes some pilgrims might be thinking well actually I'm really enjoying the the friendship and the camaraderie and the sense of being part of something like this team that we have walk into Santiago. And other times it's like, well, actually my body just feels like it needs to do more. I, I have actually been in both situations as well. And, and yeah, it can be tough. What would you say, how, how can you how can you prioritize what's most important in that moment?
0: Yes, so I, I guess you you have to make this decision really day by day. So the, the first day when I met uh, the people uh, I worked with for, for two or three days, uh, I just felt like the, the camaraderie was much more important than, than reaching the goal I set in the morning. Um, and we had a beautiful day and we, we ate together uh, in the evening at the alberge. And the second day also was very nice and starting at day three I really noticed Okay, I can't do 17, 18 kilometers a day. That's that's not for me. Um, and at some point, um, you you really start to notice. And if you if you don't feel well in the situation, either be honest and, and talk to them and tell them, hey, I really would like to to go on. Um, maybe let's meet up there or there. And if not, I mean, you still can exchange. Uh, phone numbers or social media accounts and that's not a problem but i guess at some point um, you have to make the decision if you want to stay with them or just uh, follow your own speed and um, go as far as you want and if that means you have to split up then you have to split up
1: that that's a really good advice actually because I guess what, what you're saying is you don't have to actually burn the bridges if you do go ahead, if you do feel like your body can do more and you do need that physical challenge. Um, so you can, obviously, it's so easy to stay in contact with people these days, social media, mobile phone numbers, whatever it may be. And you could also say, well, actually, I, might, I think I'll be in Santiago on this day if you're going to be there too. Um, fantastic, or I might see you in finished that might be in there for a certain amount of time. I just wonder, though. Looking in retrospect, in retrospect, looking back, Matthias, would you have done anything differently? Do you think it was that important now to to have gone on and got that physical? Yeah, the physical hit, the physical fix, the, the physical satisfaction. Or do you um, think would you do the same in the future?
0: I guess I would do. I would do the, the same thing. Again exactly like I did it um, just because I guess there was a reason I felt like it and I really needed to to go my own speed and unfortunately I never uh, saw this group of people again just because they also took a day off I think one or two days after we split up and I didn't and there was no chance I would ever see them again um, but other people uh, I got to know on the Camino I met them again like once every single week, they were just somewhat uh, in front of me or just had a little lunch break somewhere in a cafe or just were sitting on a, uh, yeah on a, next to a tree and sometimes you you see people again and some of them even like became my, my sort of a shadow. I met them over and over again and we we never talked about meeting up again, but some people you really meet over and over again and others um, yeah, you don't but that's just uh, how the Camino is, I guess. Mm. and and it's very similar to life i mean if
1: you look at it from a kind of um esoterical perspective i guess you know it's like well they you know they say you meet everybody for a reason so maybe there's a reason you were crossing with these people continuously and maybe there's a reason that the other guys didn't you didn't see them again um and just like life we have people come into our life at certain points and they may come and go Um, and you might meet them for a reason, whether it be professional or friendship or whatever that may be. And that's why the Camino is such a a microcosm of of life, a whole life in in one month, you know? And that's why it it is so special. Let's move on to, you did mention that you had some blisters as well. I want you to give one piece of advice for caring for your feet, one piece of advice.
0: That one piece of advice would be, um, take care of it immediately. If you feel something rubbing on your on your foot on your on your feet, immediately take care of it because if you start to take care of it when it really hurts, it's too late because then you already have the blister filled with water and have some pressure on it, or maybe even uh, if maybe even just uh, opened it up and it, it is infected. So, if you feel something uh, rubbing, take a break, uh, take care of your feet, change socks. Um, use a blister patch immediately and yeah just act immediately is the the best sort of advice i can give because you really don't want to have a pressure blister filled with water um and yeah take care of it immediately and take care that it doesn't get infected so that you can keep walking
1: so let's look at you, you, I know you've returned recently to the Camino, um, yeah. Camino Frances as well, and let's imagine you're about to go back again, as we have done already in this interview. And is there something you'd do differently, or you, yeah, on your next Camino, something you think I'm going to do different this time?
0: Especially comparing to my first Camino, and with the knowledge I have now, I guess I would somewhat ignore the advice of people that i'm not that comparable to i hope you understand what i mean just because so many people warn you that that's too much don't do that um because just everyone is different and um, the best example is my guidebook one of the big german guidebooks uh, warns you that uh, some path shouldn't be Uh, be hiked at all, because it's uh, just too much for most people. And that might be true, for especially for for older people, but um, that isn't necessarily um, a thing that you need to take care of. So I'm quite a fit guy, quite a strong guy, so these limitations might... uh, Yeah, they might come in this this sort of advice might come in handy for some people, but maybe not for you. So now I know what I'm capable of. And if someone tells me, no, don't do that route that is very taxing on your body, I guess I would ignore it and just uh, challenge myself.
1: We had um, a, a really nice New Yorker. I hope I'm saying her name correctly, um, because it's been nearly 40 episodes since that, with Zehra Rizvi, she said, you do you. And oh, I really yeah, like exactly. that. You do you, so you do the podcast, you, sorry, you do the podcast, you do the Camino, <laughs> not the podcast, you do your, the Camino your own way. So while well, it's great to get all this advice, um, it's so important that you, you do it in your own way as well and the way that you feel is best. And I think you've alluded to that already, but that you need that physical challenge. I, I wonder as well. I mean, there, there are so many physical challenges around the world in terms of hiking trails. Why, why have you... Why have you kept coming back to the Camino? What What's bringing you back to the Camino every time when you could be, I don't know, doing the Appalachian Trail in America, or you could be in the Pacific Northwest um, Trail, um, some, something like that. Why the
0: Camino? I mean, I guess I have to go back right to the, to the end of 2018. Um, that was the point where I got interested in walking the Camino. Um, so I stumbled across a social media profile of the, the cousin of a good friend of mine, and I remembered that she walked uh, Camino Portugues um, a few years back at that time, and then I I was a little bit bored and, and Googled uh, Camino de Santiago and saw that uh, there are different routes. And then I saw pictures of the Camino del Norte and it just looked beautiful. So that's how I got interested in the, December of um, 2019 uh, 2018 and decided to walk it in uh, spring 2019. And yeah. So I just got hooked after my first few days I realized okay this is uh, this is great. I love hiking. Um, I don't have a problem spending uh, the night in a, yeah, in a crowded uh, sleeping room with people snoring. I can handle that and yeah the, the feeling of, of uh, yeah, the communities were just so great. I just love the fact that you talk to different people every day or you can, you don't need to, but you can. And uh, for me, it was just the, the beauty of the, the Camino uh, del Norte, especially just because the, you, have, you walk alongside the sea and the mountains all day. And I love the sea. And i love the mountains and that was just perfect and after i did that i realized okay uh, this is just one of maybe a dozen caminos in uh, in spain and portugal and yeah i did the camino primitivo basically six weeks after i came back from the camino del norte because i was so hooked on on the camino de santiago
1: i think one word i i took from from what you said there was was community and I say that because over Christmas this year, just gone, my wife and I walked a trail in England, and, and we chose this trail mainly because we were anticipating new lockdown restrictions coming in in England and Spain. So we mm-hmm. thought, you know, well, let's just down home turf, let's do something we've always had an eye on, which is uh, it's called the Leeds to the Liverpool Canal. Um, beautiful, beautiful scenery. A beautiful walk for any English pilgrims that want to do some training, Uh, any pilgrims anywhere around the world that want to do some training. Actually, they come to England, do this. It's flat, it's so easy. It's a good way to to get get your your miles in. But it was missing that community that you're talking about. The oh yeah, the, the the seeing fellow fellow hikers pilgrims walkers that are on the same adventure as you and because my wife and I were literally the only people doing this whole canal walk the locals look at you strangely and suspiciously rather than knowing that knowing what you're doing you know they they don't understand what you're doing and I think that makes you can make you feel a bit uneasy whereas on the Camino the locals all know what you're doing and they'll come to you sometimes they'll offer you some free water or free fruit or I even had some lady one come up to me once and offer me some some homeopathic pills for my uh for my blisters because she could see I was walking so it's that community I think is one of the big reasons that people keep coming back. So I really identify with that. And also you talk about the natural beauty of the community, del norte, which is something that definitely drew me to it. So um, yeah, thank you for clarifying that and definitely, um, yeah, helping me to understand what was missing on on my recent journey across England on, on uh, the Leeds to Liverpool Canal. Um, so let's. We'll talk about your hardest moment. Let's talk about your highest moment. The, out of all your, from all of your caminos, what, what's the what's the standout
0: happy, feel I, good memory? I guess. I mean, it's. It's very hard to, to think of a single uh, greatest moment, but I guess I have to go back to uh, the Camino del Norte um, and the, the physical challenge part. So there was this uh, one stretch, um, wait a second, I have I wrote it down, where was it? Um, it was right before right before or after Cudillero and my guidebook uh, warned again that there is just an um, alternative route uh, through the mountains but that it was not recommended if you're not physically very very fit and are able to um, yeah to ascend very high and uh, slippery mountains and at that point uh, I walked the camino together with a um, Yeah, with the women I met there, which I also um, did uh, Camino Portugues this year with. Um, And we climbed the mountain. And in fact, it was quite challenging. Not as bad as uh, they um, made it out to be in the guidebook. But we were the only two pilgrims on the entire um, alternative route. And it was raining all day and it was windy and it really was a challenge. And when we made it to the top of the mountain, which in fact, I guess wasn't that high, but uh, if you walk on the mountains and there's nobody inside for three or four hours, it just feels very special to reach the top. And when we reached the top, it was just a great moment. That's just, uh, Yeah, to to have reached that goal and saw nobody on the path that was, for me, it was very special because I wasn't sure if it was a good idea to do it, even though that was like day 20, I guess. So I was really used uh, to the Camino del Norte at this point. But for me, that felt very special
1: the the extra mile is often lonely as the, for those who go the extra miles they say it's often lonely so that that's what comes to mind when you tell me that story um, i had i remember a similar feeling when i walked up uh, o and i remember looking down and there was pilgrims kind of um, walking along the road at hooks around the mountain and and i was up there at the top looking down thinking you guys just don't know what you're missing <laughs> just doing that easy route and and look at the views up here and the fresh air and the uh, the eucalyptus in the air from the pine trees and i just remember feeling you know uh, that similar high as well okay so i wanted to go through a few recommendations and a hidden gem on on any of the caminos a place that surprised you 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 maybe had never heard of it you might have heard of it be like you didn't expect it to be so amazing
0: yeah that's also for me that's uh, one specific city in the basque region uh, which i entered the like the the end of my first um, hiking day um it's a beautiful city of san sebastian San Sebastian, it's just for me, it was just perfect, just because I, I also arrived uh, in San Sebastian. I When I flew from Germany, I flew from Frankfurt International Airport to Madrid, and from Madrid uh, to San Sebastian Airport. And uh, it was just, I, I loved it when we um, landed there, it was just, you, you come from, um, From the mountains and fly directly towards the sea and uh, that was just beautiful and once i arrived and from uh, when i hiked down the mountain um, i really enjoyed the city it's just the basque region overall is very beautiful and i think everyone should really go um, really needs to see san sebastian I mean it's a beautiful city great food nice people um the coast is just also very nice you need to see san sebastian
1: what about an albergue that stands out for you from all of the nights you've stayed on the camino and all of the thousands of kilometers you've traveled you've got to recommend one albergue gate right now which one are you going to recommend
0: um, I have to go with the one that was the, the weirdest to me. It is a beautiful one, but the, um, the experience there was quite weird. So I have to go with that one. Um, and it's a, a smaller one in a city or village called, I guess it's Cueres. It's right before uh, Ribadesella, And it's called Reposo del Adayón. And okay. it's run by um, a very nice um, a woman coming from, also coming from Spain. And she runs a hotel and also the alberga, And they are basically next to each other. And she, um, yeah, we, you have this big communal dinner and she gets the, all the, the vegetables from the garden. It's all homegrown. And, um, yeah, that was a very nice experience besides the fact that when we arrived, uh, we all had to um, give her our clothes we wore that day, um, just because we had to wear her clothes, so specific um, clothes from Decathlon, like Decathlon shirts and shorts and all that, because she had problems before with um, bedbugs. So pilgrims came from other cities and brought bedbugs and it's very expensive to uh, to clean all the beds and the sheets from the bedbugs. So she forced us to wear to wear her clothes. And that was really somewhat off-putting for some of us. But uh, after we arrived and she explained to us uh, why we had to do it, most of us understood and did it, but that was really a very weird experience
1: that's really 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 funny and you know we've said this many times on this podcast only on the Camino would you find something like that it's very very friendly stay here but you've got to wear my clothes
0: (laughs) exactly but she was don't get me wrong she was very nice and she uh, she washed all our clothes for free yeah the place is beautiful and she had a very nice uh, shower outside Um, And it was a great experience, it's just uh, if you arrive there and people tell you that you have to wear her clothes and she washes yours, it's a little bit weird, but I can only recommend that place
1: yeah and she had good reason to do that obviously so she yeah, was actually yeah. thinking of you guys more than anything so just want to make uh, just make sure we got the right spellings the right uh pronunciation so we can make sure the listeners can find this place um <laughs> sounds like it could be an experience so it's the albergue de cueres how do you spell cueres um,
0: uh, no it's the it's called the reposo del yeah. Adayon.
1: Reposo de de Adayón. Okay, is Adayón A-D... A-D-A-Y-O-N. uh, Y-O-N, okay. And the city uh, is Cueres,
0: or village, rather.
1: Okay, and how do you spell Cueres, just so people know? C-U-E-R-E-S. Okay, excellent. There you have it, everyone. Look that place up, and you shall find a very, very, very quirky place Uh, on the Camino excellent and this obviously stands out for you oh yeah and you've walked a lot of kilometers on the Camino so it must be special now I know this is sometimes hard to to do but um, just in case you have got someone that stands out a favorite bar restaurant on the Camino
0: yeah that had to be two of them the first one I think it was in a podcast of yours, maybe one or two months ago. It's the the great pizzeria in Ponte Vedra. Mm, gee, think, It's so
1: strange. I was just thinking about that place as I was asking the
0: question. I think it, I just looked it up a few minutes ago, and I guess it's the pizzeria La Bella Napoli. But I'm not 100% sure. It's just they have great pasta in pizza and um, a very... Yeah, very welco- welcoming, a nice chef, and you get a free limoncello in the end. Yes, when you're about to to pay, and I also have I can tell you a little funny story about this because when we arrived, uh, I was there a few months ago, in fact, in late July of 2021, and we were a group of uh, four pilgrims, and we were very very hungry and arrived there. They opened up, and they were. I guess they were not sure if they really wanted us to go there just because I mean we all know uh, how we pilgrims usually look like like um, yeah only wearing a shirt and and, a sh- and shorts and yeah not that really not that handsome like we can usually be but um yeah at some point they let us in I guess they wanted to sit us, have us sit outside, but we really wanted to go in. And um, yeah, at some point then they, they let us in, even though you could really see they weren't sure if it's uh, worth it for them to give us a seat inside. But um, yeah, the food was delicious. And after they noticed that we're not just there to have a, sm- a glass of water and then leave again. Um, yeah, they treated us really, really nice. and the. the pizza and pasta was just perfect and the chef had a little uh, talk with us and it was just a very great experience for everyone who walks the Camino Portugués and passes Pontevedra you should really go there. It's delicious and really nice people.
1: Okay, so now we're going to go into the lap of order roundup. So for those that don't know, when you get to Santiago, you can do a lap of honor to the Atlantic coast, to Finisterra, which was once known as the end of the world before the Americas were discovered. Um, it can be a short walk of three days, um, three long days, I should say, or it can be four days if you want to chop up probably the second day. It could even be longer if you want to make it that long, if you've got the luxury of time. But anyway... In honour of the lap of honour that we can make to Santiago, sorry, to finish there after Santiago, we're going to do the lap of honour round. So, short, sharp, quick answers to these short, sharp, quick questions. So, your favourite camino blog, vlog, book, and/or film?
0: Hmm, hard to tell. I guess film is the way, but I also really enjoy the. Um, The YouTube videos from my fellow pilgrims who upload their individual Caminos, that's just great.
1: Names of one of them?
0: I really can't tell you, I never remember their names, it's just I love watching other people sharing their experience. But if you just type in Camino Frances or Camino del Norte on YouTube, you will find dozens of people sharing their experiences and that's just beautiful.
1: Fantastic favorite food and or drink on a Camino?
0: I guess the favorite has to be the Spanish tortilla just because I can eat that each and every day and then also every sort of uh, tostada you can have tostada con tomate for example.
1: Aside from the earplugs one thing you wished you'd packed on one of your first Caminos?
0: Um, more disposable shirts because one time someone uh, stole a very, very expensive shirt I packed. So more Decathlon clothes, I guess.
1: I'm going to add one thing to that that I thought of as well. Um, on my last Camino back in the summer, I uh, I lost my um, inflatable pillow. And I tell you what, the rest of my Camino was never the same without my inflatable pillow. Just loved that thing, oh, blowing yeah. it up, having a little snooze. If the pillows are a bit crappy in some hotels where you stay, you can always blow
0: that up. And, Those ones are yeah. great, yeah, the are inflatable. Oh,
1: inflatable pillows, it's the, it's the, it's the future. Okay, um, <laughs> so one thing you didn't need and wouldn't take again on any of your Caminos.
0: I guess that would have to be a raincoat or rain trousers just because usually you're there in the spring or summer and um, if you get wet, usually I wear synthetic clothes and they get dry in, in a very short time so you don't need a raincoat or rain trousers. A quote
1: or mantra for tough times on the road?
0: It's not a quote, but I guess I would say something like, uh, I won't be stopped. I will reach my goal. A guilty
1: pleasure that you perhaps carried with you. Oh my God. It's just
0: electronics in general. Let's say my iPad and the charger that basically uh, was like two or two and a half additional kilos in my backpack.
1: Okay. um, A Spanish product or shop that came in useful that pilgrims can look out for along the way.
0: Um, Okay. So in, in Santander, I really needed the, uh, the local Decathlon just because someone (laughs) stole some stuff from me and I needed to, to buy new socks and underwear. It's like Decathlon has everything, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Everything you could ever need on a (laughs) pilgrimage. Okay. Um, a Camino app internet resource, um, you used before during or after the Camino, I
0: guess the, best forum you can use is uh, the the forum from from Revke um, in santiago um, i can't remember the exact name but if you type that in it's, i think it's somewhat like the, the camino forum that just offers great advi- advice and if you need an app and uh, there are plenty of them i tend to use the specific uh, wise pilgrim app for the yeah for the specific camino
1: great stuff okay now just before we finish um the camino obviously has just such a s- special meaning for so many people and there's so many i guess ideas that we talk about around the camino that the camino provides that the camino has this very special spirit and, and a magic magic energy we won't find anywhere else on the planet. I certainly haven't found it. Bob, Bob Shaitz, um who's an amazing pilgrim that I interviewed about 40 episodes ago, he, he says um, the, Camino, the Camino's got something. The Camino's got something. Do you have any stories to show that little something something that the Camino has that may sway someone who's thinking, you know what, I don't think this Camino thinks for me, or maybe next year, maybe maybe tomorrow but tomorrow never comes one story that shows that that magic is still alive and could push someone onto the camino yeah sure i mean tentative.
0: i guess it's nothing that big or special but for me it really meant much because you in in germany and i guess in most other countries that that stuff wouldn't have happened so um so I guess on, on a few bigger hikes there are those uh, so-called um, yeah the the trail angels you, I think you call it in the U.S. and on the Camino del Norte and also on the Camino Frances right after Leon this year sometimes you find little uh, little stands where like people prepared. A little food and carried some water there or maybe even have a, a toilet that you can use and it's basically in the middle of nowhere and they just provide for you so you can have free water a few snacks a banana take an orange an apple and they just take care and it's and they also do not want money for that they obviously uh, take small donations so just that they can buy some some more fruit and some more water. But noticing that there is something there's someone there that will take care of pilgrims if they need help. That's just that feeling was just great. Every time I see something where you can just grab something if you need it or can uh, leave something behind for other people. For me, that always was a very special feeling that you uh, basically can only get on the Camino.
1: Mm, and, and often you find those places that are in this kind of thing in those places where maybe there are, there's no bars or cafes for long, long stretches. Yeah, exactly. And they know strategically to stand in that point where it's where you're probably feeling tired, and maybe lonely and need the company. And and just their, their mere presence just lifts you up doesn't it
0: yeah having uh, also have just having a small talk to someone it's it's just great if you if they see you're you're suffering you're tired and they come towards you give you a bottle of water or some nectarines a banana it's just it's some of me that sometimes was really overwhelming and just a great feeling that there are people there that do that and it's so rare nowadays, I guess. And yeah, it, it just feels great. Everyone who experienced that and I, I talked to every one of them really loved it.
1: That links back to your whole idea of community as well, I think. Yeah, exactly. Which is, yeah, I mean, like I like I said, I really sensed that. I said to my wife, "On when we did this canal walk, it was absolutely beautiful." I said, "But it, it's missing that that support network that the Camino has, and not only the the physical support, but also the emotional support that you get from your fellow pilgrims and your locals. And and as Matthias says, if you are if you are not sure about walking the Camino, then you will find your Camino angels when you need them, and the Camino will provide for you when you are." most in need um and you just have to do it to experience that and to know what we're talking about um, and that story definitely does does show that um, the camino is, is like a university for life i think it's always teaching you something um in every single moment if you're just open and, and and aware of of the message that's trying to get get through to you mm-hmm. in it could be via a person could be via the challenge that you're you're facing in any given moment but what what's a lesson that you've taken from your Caminos into your everyday life is there something some experience from your Camino and you've managed to uh, you've learned from that and when you experience similar challenges in your everyday life, maybe in work, maybe in in relationships, maybe in friendships, that you've been able to integrate the biggest lesson that Camino has taught you?
0: So I guess for me, the, the biggest lesson I learned was that... Um, you shouldn't let other people tell you what your limitations are and what you can or cannot do. Obviously, especially on the Camino, the Camino can be quite tough. I mean, you walk all day, you can walk alone, you can walk in groups, um, but you just, I think you have to realize that everyone is different and um, what might be impossible for someone else might be not even good enough for you so that for example if if someone can some people might not be able to walk more than 15 kilometers a day you might want to walk 30 or uh, challenge yourself by going a very uh, hard alternative route and yeah, for me, it was always this part of uh, test your boundaries um, that suits the Camino, but also in real life. But still uh, consider if you test your boundaries, you need to know what you're doing and you really should be safe. So basically, um, for, exa- for example, this year on the uh, Camino Frances, I walked it in, in August and especially the Mesita can be very taxing on your body and you need to know the stretches where there's uh, no service in between and you need to bring uh, enough water. So um, you can test your boundaries out there too, but be safe, know what you're doing and um, yeah, be prepared.
1: Lastly, a Camino song. One that gets you in the Camino mood or reminds you of the Kumbia. You can even sing it if you (laughs) want. Oh no, I better not. Because we know many famous singers from Germany, um, such as David Hasselhoff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially of course. (laughs)
1: Um, (laughs) I'm sorry if I sound very ignorant. There, you can tell us some other very famous singers from Germany. Um, But I was just cracking a very bad joke there.
0: I so I'm. I'm really into music while the, uh, walking the Camino. Basically, you when I'm not in a conversation with a fellow a pilgrim, I tend to listen to music uh, a long part of the day, I guess, um, maybe even too much, but I'm not the uh, spiritual kind uh, of pilgrim, so I guess that's okay for me. Um, so I, I listen to my favorite music, which is basically uh, yeah rock and hip hop. But a special song from the Camino, I cannot remember the name, but I really enjoyed this um, this French Camino song, like the very traditional, the old song. I cannot remember the name, but uh, yeah, it's it's a very historic song, even taught in, in French schools, people told me, but I cannot remember uh, the, the title of the song. It's just people tend to sing it shortly before arriving uh, to Santiago. And it sounds really great, but I can't possibly uh, remember the name of it. Sorry. Yeah, may,
1: maybe it's a bit vague, um, but French Camino song, maybe do a little uh, search for that and it might, <laughs> I might come up with something. Um, but I, I don't, on, on the topics of songs i mean i think it's such a easy way to lift your spirits when you're feeling tired is to just put some music on if oh yeah that's what you prefer or even to just like I, I just like to sing at the top of my voice um when i'm tired and it does take your mind off it and probably not it's too pleasurable if you've got uh if people have to listen to to me but um <laughs> i won't do, i won't do it loud enough to annoy people but i, I do really think it's a, a really nice way to um, and natural way to raise your vibration and raise your energy levels and just sometimes tiredness is a psychological thing you just take your mind off it and that that's a trick just to think about something else and, and singing I know my wife likes to sing a, a hymn that she learned in church and that was walk with me and uh, I laugh every time I hear her singing it because I know <laughs> she's tired um, and I don't know the words those are the only words I know but I know it's walk with me but um Matthias I mean it's been such a pleasure talking to you and, and as a man that's that's uh, walked Um, more Caminos than myself and uh, it's not a competition but it's you know it's great to be in such a such experienced company and and great company and to,
0: to talk to a fellow pilgrim any plans to do another one sometime soon um i'm not 100 percent sure to be honest because this year i did two of them the camino uh, portuguese and right after that i started the camino Frances. so maybe at some point but i guess not this year i will do the via de la plata but um, i might be more interested in doing some more um yeah alpine tracks so i guess um yeah i'm also very interested in in hiking in, in the alps so maybe yeah maybe next year i will do the via de la plata um and at some point i'm i'm sure i will do the camino del norte again just because it's so beautiful and like i said i'm in love with San sebastian and i need to see it again
1: well for whichever one you choose i want to wish you buen camino thank you